0: If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, ver- verse 25. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. Can somebody say many things? And she had spent all that she had, and it was no better, but rather... Grew worse. is it not true friend this morning that we have an entire culture that is suffering and exhausted from their many attempts to be made well they've spent their time their money and their effort in an attempt to become better to become enlightened to become virtuous but instead of getting healthy they have gotten worse I thought that surgery was going to help my identity issues. I thought that job was going to solve my financial problems. I thought that relationship was going to resolve my loneliness. I thought that influence was going to cure my dysfunction. I thought that substance was going to bring peace to my chaos. And the Bible says that after she spent all that she had, instead of getting better, she was broke, destitute, and worse off than ever before. I want to preach a message to you this morning entitled press on through press on through there's a savior there's a healer coming by and his name is jesus and no matter what your opposition is here this morning i want to encourage you to press on through would you pray with me this morning heavenly father we come to you lord in the mighty name of jesus Lord, I ask you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, God, to minister to those here, those watching my live stream. Lord, I ask that you would take the coal off the altar this morning, that you would touch my lips, God. God, that you would help me to minister clearly and effectively to your people. And Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Because we don't live in the first century, we are often unfamiliar with the implications of these stories. Because of this woman's disease, she would not have been allowed to enter into the temple for religious ceremonies. According to the law, anything or anyone she touched would instantly become become unclean. If she were married, it is likely she wouldn't even have been allowed to live at home because of her condition. She was ostracized from religion. She was separated from community. And she was moved from relationship. She was deemed unclean. And the fact that she was in the crowd pressing around Jesus means that each person that bumped into her would have been unclean as well. But after 12 years of suffering, she decided enough is enough. After 12 years of being ostracized, she decided enough is enough. After 12 years of being desperate in need of a healing touch, she said enough is enough. You see religion has made a big business out of convincing you that you are far from God, giving you all of the reasons why you can't draw near, and making you feel as if you will always if all you will ever be is unclean. But friend, I've got good news. That Jesus makes a corruptible in- incorruptible he takes mortality and clothes it with immortality he makes a dirty clean the sinner righteous he takes a dark and makes him lovely and he takes a dead and makes him alive hallelujah can you God, give God a hand clap of praise for that And let me say it today, the doctors of culture cannot heal, the doctors of entertainment cannot save, the doctors of religion cannot set free, but there's a man whose name is Jesus, and he is a great physician, and at his touch your soul is saved, your mind is renewed, your body is healed, and the church is revived, hallelujah, and when she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him in the crowd, and she touched the hem of his garment, she he said, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Hallelujah. You see, friend, faith comes by hearing, but impartation comes by touching. This is why we lay hands on the sick, and this is why we anoint with oil. It's not enough for me to just know facts about how Jesus operates. I've got to touch Jesus for myself. It's not enough just to hear about how Jesus heals. It's not enough just to heal about how Jesus saves. It's not enough just to heal, uh, hear about how Jesus delivers. I've got to touch Jesus for myself myself i've got to get a touch of god for myself i've got to get a breakthrough for myself you can't live off of somebody else's experience you've got to press through the crowd and you've got to get a touch from jesus yourself hallelujah glory to god hallelujah and so often we want in the church for the pastor to interact with god on our behalf pastor will press through, pastor will praise, pastor will worship, pastor will pray, pastor will contend but what if today we flip the script? What if today wasn't left up to me or a select few to call on heaven for the rest of the community but instead together we entered into his gates with thanksgiving and praise and refused to allow the crowd around to be the reason why we don't interact with the God that is within us. Can somebody give God a handcuff of praise? You you know, Charles Spurgeon, he said it like this. He said, it is not every contact with Christ that saves men. It is the arousing of yourself to come near to him, the determinate, the personal, resolute, believing touch of Jesus Christ, which saves you got to be determined yourself to touch Jesus. you got to be determined yourself to enter into the presence of God. you got to be determined yourself to receive a healing touch from Jesus. Jesus said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And so this is not a casual, if God wants to do it, I guess he will. This is an invitation to come to the water to delight in his abundance and to seek the Lord while he may be found. Hallelujah. We must press in, not because revival isn't already here, but instead because I have heard the sound of an abundance of rain and it is coming to America once again. And see, friend, without hunger, you cannot have outpouring. And and God will show you glimpses of his glory to activate your hunger hunger for God to do it in greater measures in your life when you experience a touch of God when you experience a glimpse of his glory that's not enough for you to live off for the rest of your life that ought to stir up a hunger in your heart and say God I need more God I need a greater touch God I want to experience your glory in greater measures in my life hallelujah glory to God hallelujah For this woman, it wasn't a casual response. It was a holy demand. I have no other options. I'm not willing to deal with this one minute longer. If I could only get to his feet, I know that I will be made whole. Hallelujah. You know, I believe that we are in an hour of awakening for the church. That this is a window of opportunity that we must seize. And I'm convinced that if we will draw near to him, God will respond in power like we have never seen before. Well, if God wants to do it, he just will. Do you think that we want revival more than God? Do you think that we care about America more than him? Do you think that we love our loved ones that are far from God more than he does? You know, faith is not a casual, if God wants to do it, I guess he will. Faith is a demand. If I can just get to his feet, if I could just get to the altar, if I could just get back to the place of prayer, if I could just raise my hands and worship, if I could just activate the little bit of oil I've got left in my jar, I am thoroughly convinced that God will meet me here, but I've got to get to his feet. I've got to get a touch from Jesus myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I love how this woman is talking herself into faith. If I could just touch his clothes. You know, so often we view revival through the lens of what the crowd does instead of what the individual initiates. You see, revival both begins and is sustained when men and women allow their spiritual hunger to be manifested through their own personal faith. It only takes one person to grab a hold of his garment. It only takes one person to decide to engage in worship and watch how the entire room begins to shift. Revival is not just a result of 1,000 people in the same room singing the same song. It's when people come together on the unity of the faith and they respond by faith hallelujah and mark it was a result of one woman who heard about jesus and refused the opportunity to use her faith you know we often say that the presence of god is sovereign and in one sense it is but the scriptures declare that if we draw near then he will draw near unto us oftentimes we sit back and we say I'm just waiting for God to move. I'm ex- I'm expecting a move of God. Well, what if God is expecting you to seek His face? What if God is expecting you to get down on your knees and cry out to Him in the middle of the night? We often say we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. He said, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near unto you. And so you can experience as much of God as you want in your life, but you've got to respond by faith. You've got to seek His face by faith. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting for permission i'm not waiting for popularity i am a one man walking living breathing revival that is in desperate need of the master's touch i'm come hell or high water i'm pressing through no matter what the crowds do no matter what the crowds say i'm not letting anything or anybody keep me from getting to jesus i'm pressing right on through to get the master's touch hallelujah And I want you to see this woman's decision to draw near to Jesus as an act of repentance. You know, it's almost like she's been saying, I've been looking to other things to make me well. I've tried other avenues to bring me healing, but I have now turned my gaze in the direction of Jesus no i'm not walking i'm not talking about performative religious behavior modification i'm talking about shifting your gaze from worthless things onto the holy and in doing so being utterly convinced that god has what you need his presence can change your life and his power can raise you up hallelujah you know revival necessitates repentance i'll say that again revival necessitates repentance if you want to experience a touch of Jesus, you've got to turn from everything else and realize that he is your source and he is your only hope and he is your only means. As long as you're looking to other things and other sources in this world and you're looking to alcohol and you're looking to drugs in order to bring that healing, you're always going to be left empty. You've got to turn those things, uh, turn from those things and turn unto Jesus for repentance takes a heart of stone and turns it into a heart of flesh. God, I've looked in other directions. I thought religion could save. I thought relationships could save me. I thought sexual experiences could save me. I thought money could save me. I thought influence and prestige and esteem could make me whole. But I've spent all that I have and I'm worse than I have ever been. So let me turn my gaze to the direction of the master. For if I can just touch his hand, I shall be made well. Hallelujah. I think so often we have the wrong concept for what repentance is. Like, if I just feel bad, then I repented. Or if I just say, I'm sorry, then I repented. Or or, or if I just say, my bad, then I repented. But friend, repentance is about changing your gaze from everything else and putting it upon Jesus Christ. Why? Because image creates desire, and what you stare at eventually will develop a place of desire, and your heart and that desire will turn into an altar that you worship at. And unless our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we run the risk of worshiping lesser things. And repentance looks like the church turning its gaze back to God. Now, the Bible says in verse 29, it says that immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, she knew that she was healed And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said to him, don't you see the multitudes crowding you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. And the Bible doesn't say that the woman had checked to see if the bleeding had stopped. It didn't say that she had verified proof from a physician that the bleeding had quit. It said that she felt in her body that she was healed. And, you know, oftentimes God works through the parameters of our feelings to point us in the direction of his will. see, feelings aren't everything, but they are something. And there was something in this woman's spirit that leaped when she knew this was my moment. Uh, And, you know, some of the biggest critiques of revival from those who have never experienced it, they often say it is rife with emotion. So they'll say, well, that ain't a true move of God too many emotional people see that person weeping walking uh, wailing at the altar it's emotionalism see that young person jumping and running around during worship that's just emotionalism but i've just decided in my life that i'm never gonna let people who have never experienced revival to tell me how the church of the living god should experience revival do you think when you get to heaven that your emotions will not be moved by what you see You're just standing there all dignified with a notepad making notes about how the next service in heaven's throne room could be better. Uh, The Bible says that when the, the man born lame in his feet was healed, that he danced all the way to the temple shouting, leaping, jumping, and praising God. And you know who was offended by it? the Pharisees. Uh, why do you pick up your mat and walk on the Sabbath? He said, I don't even know the name of the one who made me well, but I know that at his touch, what was lame came to life. What was dead was resurrected. I sat on this mat for my entire life. I was paralyzed in this feet from the moment I was born, but when the master just looked in my direction, something leaped in my spirit. And so even, it's on the, even if it's on the Sabbath, let me jump and praise God too, because Because he's worthy of the praise. Hallelujah. That person showering and dancing in church, you don't know who they were one week ago. You don't know where they came from. You don't know what bondage God delivered them from. And there you are with your tie and your nose up high. Jesus don't care about that. Jesus came to change and transform lives. Hallelujah. And, And Jesus did it right in the face of the Pharisees. Hallelujah. I believe God did it for a reason he was trying to let the Pharisees know that what they had was missing everything but there was something greater and it was the resurrection power of Jesus Christ can I tell you something there's something so much greater than religion there's something so much greater than tradition there's something so much greater than bondage and it is the presence of the Spirit of God hallelujah and instantly he was healed hallelujah uh, of course, God is going to stir your emotions when you've been under bondage and darkness and depression for 30 years and you get healed in his presence. Of course, God is going to stir your emotions. Hallelujah. We don't apologize for jumping and crying and weeping and laughing because God is the author of our emotion. Is it, the, is it the driver of our car? No. Is it a passenger in the car? It better be. Some people say that they're excited for church, but they forget to tell their face. Amen. Amen. Now, when you get in his presence, a well of your heart is stirred, and if it's not, you're not in the presence of the one that you think you are. The, the crowd is close to Jesus, but the Messiah is able to differentiate between the multitudes who are there for entertainment and the woman who is there because of faith. A woman with an issue of blood used her faith to press through the crowd so that she could be the one. Hallelujah. And at her faith, Jesus stops and turns around and he asks the question, who touched me? For I have felt virtue go out of me. Peter said, Judas stole your iPhone. Thomas said, I doubt that. Some of y'all will catch that in the morning. Who touched me? The multitudes of people are thronging Jesus, and yet he felt this one woman's touch, hallelujah, and he stopped everything, and he said, who touched me, hallelujah. Uh, angels, I know you're singing, but stop for just a minute. Elders bowing down, laying their crowns, that's great, but just stop for just a minute. People singing and dancing on streets of gold, great, but just stop for a minute. Who touched me? Hallelujah. Somebody's grabbed a hold of me and they're not letting go. Somebody refuses to leave until they get their breakthrough. Somebody has used their faith to put a demand on only what heaven can provide. Stop for just a minute. Who touched me? Hallelujah who touched me hallelujah and can we have such faith in this room that causes even the master to stop what he's doing and look in the direction of the church not for crowds that are gathered for entertainment but for men and women that are so possessed by faith that they refuse to be denied who touched me hallelujah god it was us It was the burning ones in this room. We've looked in a lot of different directions, but today we are turning our gaze towards you who touched me. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Jesus felt power go out. He felt virtue being released. And could it be that the passion and the persistence and the faith of those gathered here today could be the very thing that tears heaven open wide? And this woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, She came and fell down before him, and she told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. At the moment she touched the hem of his garment, she was already healed. Hear me this morning. She could have easily escaped in the crowd. There was no reason for her to stay around. She had received what she was looking for, but watch this. Her touch brought healing to her body, but it was her confession that brought assurance to her soul. Hear me, the woman didn't just find a cure. She found a friend, and his name was Jesus. She is ceremonial unclean. For a woman to even touch a rabbi under normal circumstances would have been highly against the Jewish ceremonial laws of that day. For a woman who was unclean to touch the hem of a rabbi's garment would have been a disgrace. And she had no idea how the rabbi would respond. And then he just turned around and tells everyone to stop. And he said, who touched me? If I was her, I'd maybe be scared to death. Scurrying off as fast as I can. Let me get lost in the crowd so that he cannot find me. I know that I shouldn't have done what I did. I just made everybody unclean around me. I know this was against the Jewish law. I know this is highly offensive in this culture. I know what I have done. Let me just escape in the crowd. But Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? And the Bible says, that in fear and in trembling, knowing what happened, she came and fell down before him and she told him everything i've been sick for 12 years this whole time i haven't gone to the temple once i can't even live at home because of my disease i can't even have a relationship with my friends i am unclean and i know i shouldn't have done it i know it was against the law i know that maybe it looked undignified i know that i deserve a rebuke i know that you have every right to be upset with me but i'm in desperate need of a touch hallelujah And in fear and trembling, she was honest and she was authentic. Maybe for the first time in a dozen years. I'm so tired of being sick. I'm so tired of being ostracized. I'm so tired of being alone. I'm so tired of being dry. I'm so tired of being an outcast. I'm so tired of being far from God. And I am so tired of living on the margins of my faith. I'm so tired of looking at other things. I'm so tired of wasting money on things that I don't need to impress people that I don't even like. I am so tired. But I saw you walking by, and I can't explain it, but there was something that overtook me. And I thought to myself, if I could just get on my hands and my knees and work my way through the crowd, nobody will see me. I deserve to be in the dirt anyways. I deserve to be in the mud anyways. I know that I will always be unclean, but if I can just get on my knees and make my way through the crowd, maybe, just maybe, God would do it for me. Hallelujah. And I can't explain it, but I know... That i've got a touch from the master and watch how jesus responds daughter your faith has made you well now go in peace and be healed of your affliction go in peace and be healed of your your affliction jesus didn't care about how her behavior broke the religious laws of that day he just saw a woman that was in desperate need of a healing touch And that woman was determined to do whatever she had to do to get through the opposition, get through the crowd, and get a touch from Jesus. And if we could just so identify with this unnamed woman from Mark chapter 5, recognizing the depth of our own broken conditions, and in doing so embracing what may look shameful to the crowd around us, drawing near to Jesus, I am convinced that the master's touch can transform your life if you will just recognize how desperately you are in need of a touch from god and you will do whatever you have to do to get to jesus i'm thoroughly convinced that jesus is able to turn your life around religion will try to hold you as far away as they possibly can from god the religious world will try to get you to go through jump through hoops and run triathlons to get to god but all you've got to do is just run to jesus if you just get to jesus If you just do whatever you got to do to get to Jesus, God will take you as you are, and he will turn your life around. He'll bring healing and restoration and transformation in your life. But you've got to make up in your mind, I'm not letting anything keep me from getting to Jesus. I'm not letting a hypocrite keep me from going to church. I'm not going to let an offense keep me from fulfilling my call. you got to make up in your mind, I'm getting to Jesus, and though none go with me, still I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus, hallelujah. Can you give God a handclap of praise for that? Now, if you were to go back in Mark chapter five, you'd find that Jesus is actually on the way of the house of Jairus for Jairus' daughter has died and Jesus is on the way to raise her up. And it's interesting to see the dichotomy of these two stories for this woman has the issue of blood for 12 years, but the Bible also tells us that Jairus's daughter is the age of 12 as well. Both people facing desperate circumstances. Both associated with 12 years, somebody whose life has been cut short and now lays dead, and another person whose life has been rendered useless by the disease that she wrestles with. Both of these people on divine assignment from the Father to draw close to this Jesus. You know, I think that there are really only two categories of those in this room today and those watching by live stream. There are folks who are dead and you need Christ to resurrect you, and then there are others who are desperate. You belong to God and you have fellowship with his son and you are a part of this community, but you know that there is more for you and you know that God desires to do something deep and rich And your heart and you're here today and you don't want to leave this moment. You feel engaged. You feel drawn and you say, God, there's got to be more for me. Can I tell you something here today? The God of abundance has yet to show you his best work in your life. I'm going to say that again. The God of abundance has yet to show you his best work in your life and you've got to make up in your heart God, I need more of you I need more of your presence, I need more of your power, I need more of your glory in my life God, I want to experience you in ways that I have never experienced before, God doesn't intend for you to live a mediocre Christian life where you just show up to church but you have no encounter with God yourself, no, you got to press on through and say I'm getting to Jesus, even if I'm the only one worshiping, even if I'm the only one showing up to prayer, even if I'm the only one praising God. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to press on through and get the master's touch. Hallelujah. Give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Singers and musicians can come back this morning. We are all either dead or desperate. And if you don't think you're desperate, it's because you're dead. Amen. Okay, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the desperate in spirit for theirs is a kingdom of God. I am more desperate today than I have ever been before. Are you desperate for a touch from God? Yeah. Amen. You know, I believe that desperation that it precedes revelation. I believe that the more desperate we become, the greater the opportunity for God to reveal himself to us in ways that we've never seen. And maybe you find yourself in a place of desperation today, and maybe you feel like you're living on the edge of your faith and the margins of your trust in God, and you feel like you just can't go on another day. God can revive you, and God will restore you if you'll just press right on through, amen, no matter what you're facing today. If you're facing depression today, if you're facing anxiety, if you're facing guilt and shame in your life, and no matter what you do, it's like that's all you see in front of you, and it's like, the wool just placed over your eyes God can remove that wool today and God can bring restoration in your life you can stand to your feet here this morning you got to press 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 you've come too far to look back God's brought you out of too much for you to quit now And God did not bring you out of Egyptian bondage to let you die in the wilderness. If God brought you through back then, he can bring you through today. But you got to make up in your mind. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I don't care what the voices say. I don't care what friends say. I don't care what family say. I don't care what my peers have to say. I'm getting through to Jesus because I know if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just touch even the hem of his garment, I know that I can be made well. And we're going to enter into worship for a few minutes here today, and we're going to open up the front. I'm going to ask for the guys, Marty, Jerry, to come up here to the front, Brad, if you can come up to pray for people. And if you're in need of a breakthrough this morning, we don't have to know what it is, but God knows what it is. No matter the battle you're facing, I want you to know if God helped you defeat a lion and he helped you defeat a bear, then he can help you defeat that giant. That if God brought you through back then, you can be convinced that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did for me back then, he's, he can do for me today. And you are got to make up in your mind that I'm going to get a touch from God. I'm not going to stop until God meets my need. I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not quit praying until that loved one gets saved. I will not quit calling out to God. He said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Don't do, just pray once and say, because it happened, didn't happen yet, maybe God's not going to do No, you got to make up in your mind. I'm getting through to Jesus, and I'm not quitting until I get the master's touch. I'm not quitting until God meets my need. I'm not quitting until the business... Restoration occurs in my life. Press on through. Press on through. Press on through. Press on through. through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know some of y'all, the devil's whispering in your ear and saying, You might as well give up now. You might as well quit right now. God can work for them, but He can't work for you because of who you are and where you came from and what you did. Can you just tell the devil, Just shut up, devil? Shut Shut up, devil. The Bible says that he is, a, he is the author of confusion. The Bible says that he is a liar, that in him is no truth. And sometimes you just got to say, shut up, devil. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. And when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. Hallelujah. Can you give God a hand of praise?